and welcome to the Bible Made Easy podcast. I'm your host, Kelly, and I'm here to help you understand what you just read in the Bible. Hello, everyone. I'm so glad you're on this journey with me. If you are new, welcome. If you have any questions on how the podcast is laid out, you can listen to my introduction episode. And everyone is welcome to go to my website, bmepodcast.com, to drop me a note, ask any questions, or just get up to date on the podcast with the resources I have there, including links to all of my pop cultural references. This week is week 30. We're in Isaiah 31 through 53, 2 Kings 18 verses 9 through 37 uh, to chapter 19, and also had Psalms 46, 76, 80, and 135. The timeline for this is 725 BC to 711 BC. So let's pop right on into Isaiah chapters 31 through 35. If you have ever wondered what the Bible thought about you relying on your government for your help and relief, this chapter is for you. The answer is you don't. God uses nations, but he is the provider. And as a follower of him and an accusation against Israel, they were expecting that Egypt or the government would be there to save them. And no, it has always been and always will be God. In chapter 32 shows that even though women might not have held the political power of the day, that was no excuse for their complacency in what was going on. They were charged with that complacency and would suffer along with the men. Chapter 33 is describing the two paths, follow God and praise his righteousness, see the goodness of God and our future if we follow down that path. Let your heart tremble if you have not done this and repent and tremble those who ignore and rebel against God. If you rebel, ignore, dismiss, or have disdain for the ways of God, your destruction is imminent and will be horrifying and unavoidable. And if you want an intense and detailed description of that horror, read on to chapter 34. But in chapter 35, we read of our hope and how God will save us from the enemy and even ourselves if we cry out to him. 35.4 is one of my favorite verses. Be strong. Do not fear. Your God will come. He will come with vengeance. With divine retribution, he will come to save you. In chapters 36 and 37, Hezekiah has already prayed to God about the Assyrians, and he has told the people to not let anything the king of Assyria says to get to them, because he will not win against God. Sennacherib is ticked, to say the least, and is like, Judah, your king is lying to you. Do you know what we did to other nations? Don't you know those nations prayed to their gods and they were not saved? They fell to me and my army. You and your king will be no different. God cannot deliver you. So you should come and make peace with me and everything will be just fine. Meanwhile, the people saying nothing because Hezekiah told them not to. Plus, this dude is speaking crap against God. And you can tell there is someone in that crowd with that look on their face thinking, you gonna mess around and find out. And if not, I totally have that look on my face. But the king was pretty convincing and he had conquered all those other countries and tore them down. So Hezekiah freaks a bit and runs to where he should, though, to the temple of the Lord. And he cries out his fear. The Lord speaks to Isaiah as Hezekiah's officials come. And Isaiah says to not be afraid. Those words that have blasphemed me. Yeah, when Sennacherib receives a certain report, he'll be returning to his own country and I'll cut him down there with the sword. And as I know you're not surprised, that is totally what happened. And then God gives a clap back the way only the Lord of all could give from verses 22 through 35. After that, 185,000 Assyrians were put to death. Sennacherib retreats and when he gets home, his sons kill him. So there's that. If you decide to mess around with God, you will find out. Have you guys seen the uh, 
TikTok video of the mess around and find out chart. It's amazing. Not as good as the crazy hot matrix, but still worth a look. Anyway, Isaiah 38 to 39. This is a reminder that while Hezekiah was not evil, he was still totally human and prone to mistakes and sinning against God. So when Hezekiah gets really sick, Isaiah comes to him and says, um, I'd start getting your affairs in order and prepared to die. Hezekiah did not like that, turns from him and prays to God and asks him for mercy. God hears his cry and grants him the reprieve he asked for. And then in a real cool move, God gave the sign that the sunlight would go back 10 steps that it had gone down. And of course, that happened. Who else would like to see this in the movie in heaven? I'm raising my hand. So Hezekiah is healed and God blesses him and all seems right. Until chapter 39. Here is the tea on it. The son of the king of Babylon stops by Judah and brings letters and gifts. Well, how cool, right? Hezekiah brings him into his palace and proceeds to show him everything. Y'all, he showed this man from Babylon, whose daddy is the king of Babylon, where the money was hidden. After the Babylonian dude leaves, Isaiah's like, uh, who is that? Hezekiah is all excited, like, that's the prince of Babylon. Isaiah, uh-huh. And what did you show him in your palace? Hezekiah's like, everything, duh. We have a lot of cool stuff and he wanted to see it. I imagine Isaiah's nostrils are a little flared at the idiocy that is flowing from this non-stupid human. Isaiah's like, uh-huh, you showed him everything you have. You showed him all your money, dude. And now they're going to walk off with it. Every single piece. And there will be absolutely nothing, nothing left. And your sons, just to make sure you know the severity, will become eunuchs. For those who don't know, that are men that are castrated that work for the king because the king then has no fear that they can run off with the women of the palace or any woman for that matter. Hezekiah says the Lord is good because he personally wouldn't have to face this consequence. Mm-hmm. Isaiah 40 through 41, then God tells Isaiah to give comfort to his people that bad will happen, but the Lord will provide comfort and peace, that they will be able to get through the captivity because there is no one like God literally everything down to the smallest molecule to the largest mountain all bow down to god therefore nations do not stand a chance against the lord's will they will bow before him as well there is nothing that can compare to god nothing so when he says the people will be in captivity but he will be with them and they will triumph that is what's going to happen and this is also the situation where we see that famous verse 4031 but those who hope in the lord will renew their strength they will soar on wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not be faint. And we get a verse that is highlighted in my Bible, verse 4110, as a reassurance that no matter what, God is with me. So do not fear, for I am with you. Do not be dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you and help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. And if you're dealing with some bullies, go on to verse 11. All who rage against you will surely be ashamed and disgraced. Those who oppose you will be as nothing and perish. Though you search for your enemies, you will not find them. Those who wage war against you will be as nothing at all. Praise be to the Lord for loving me and you enough to send a son for us and being there for us. Isaiah 42 brings us another prophecy of Jesus. He will not shout or cry or raise his voice in the streets. He will not falter or be discouraged until he establishes justice on earth. In verse 6, I will take hold of your hand. I will keep you and will make you to be a covenant for the people and a light for the Gentiles. Unless you be Jewish, you be a Gentile. 
And rightly so, God explains how Israel and ourselves are deaf and blind. But not to worry, as that is why he has redeemed us through this upcoming Savior. And as it states in 43.11, I, even I, am the Lord, and apart from me there is no Savior. I find this to be so overwhelming with how awesome God is sometimes. And it's followed up in verse 25, I, even I, am he who blots out your transgressions for my own sake and remembers your sins no more. He is the creator of the universe. He creates us, gives us free will. We disobey him the very first chance we get and at no time in our history do we ever get any better. We constantly sin. And as my pastor reminded me, we are not sinful because we sin. We sin because we are sinful. And in the midst of this, God, who is the only one who can save us from us, brings forth his son so that we can be reconciled to the holy God. And while some accuse us as being exclusive, it's actually as inclusive as it can be because it has no care for who you are, where you're from, what sin you've committed, or what checkbox you might mark these days. All you have to do is accept Christ as your savior and you are saved, are able to be reconciled to God, and there isn't anything you to can do to get out of that. Once you're saved, nobody's going to pluck you from his hand. You cannot work hard enough and you can't do anything to deserve this. It is just the free love and gift of Jesus. That's it. It is all God. We literally offer God nothing and in return, he gives us everything. God also promises that while Judah will be taken by the Babylonians, he will only allow them to have the people for a little while and then he will have them sent back to Jerusalem. Isaiah 6 and 44, I am the first and I am the last. Apart from me, there is no God. 4419 is the real insult when talking about man using wood to serve as cooking, fire, warmth, tools, etc. And then takes it to make idols. No one stops to think. No one has knowledge or understanding to say half of it I used for fuel. I even baked bread over its coals. I roasted meat and I ate. Shall I make a detestable thing from what is left? Shall I bow down to a block of wood? Uh, after reading that, I moved my Amazon cart to save for later. Uh, take note of verse 4428, where God mentions he will say to Cyrus, he is my shepherd and will accomplish all that I please. He will say to Jerusalem, let it be rebuilt and of the temple, let its foundations be laid. At the latest, this was written by Isaiah was in 725 BC and Cyrus, he doesn't show up until 537 BC, 188 years later. This is also a good time to plug in to go watch and research the scrolls of Isaiah that have been found even in the Dead Sea Scrolls and verifies the fact that Isaiah was written well before any of the events that he prophesies occur. Verse 4519, I think, is another great look at the character of God and who he is because he states, I have not spoken in secret from somewhere in a land of darkness. I have not said to Jacob's descendants, seek me in vain. I, the Lord, speak the truth. I declare what is right. In 45.22, turn to me and be saved, all of you to the ends of the earth, for I am God and there is no other. From chapters 44 to 45 is all about God and how he is the great I am and nothing and no one stands before him. And then chapter 6 is him pointing out not only why is this why this is true, but the puniness of man to think he can be his own God. I mean, we've all done it. It's part of our sinful nature. But let Isaiah sit in the back of your mind of how far from the truth that is, that you save yourself, but it is by the grace of God and God alone that saves you. 
Isaiah 47 through 49. So God has been building to the point where Judah and Israel are going to pay for their sins, and it is going to be bad. And he speaks on how he is going to use the Assyrians for Israel, the Babylonians for Judah, how Israel, the ten tribes, will not be back to the land as they will be scattered, but he will bring Judah back. Further in the book, he talks about how he will use various kingdoms to accomplish his will. And then in chapter 47, God begins to tell us the demise of Babylon once Israel is taken, which is important because as great as Babylon was, and it was the greatest of the kingdoms on earth, it still cannot stand against God and what he commands. In chapter 48, we see how rebellious Israel is, but how God will bring his people, Judah, back from the Babylonians as even through their punishment for rebellion, he still loves them and will not let them be punished longer than they should. And chapter 49 can be summed up with the foreshadowing of Christ and how God used Isaiah to tell of what is to come, and that no matter what happens, God will never forget his people. Isaiah 50 through 53, because we as a human race have the insane ability to forget our own wrongs, God reminds us that it was because of their deeds, their rebellion, and their wrongdoings that have led to this fate that is coming. However, once again, note that God is still with you, them, even in this dark time. They are not away from his grasp, and he will provide the way back from the punishment. I think that is why Isaiah is so celebrated as a book, because not only is every word meant for the Israelites of that day, but it is meant for us today as well. We have sinned, we have created terrible punishment for ourselves because of our sin and rebellion against God. However, he is still in charge and he will be with us even in the punishment. And he loves us so much, he provides the Savior, Jesus, and he will use kingdoms and leaders to accomplish his will, even if they think it is their own. So even when it looks bad, and make no mistake, it will look bad and be bad. But do not fear because our God, the God, has us and no one and nothing can take us from him. And what he has willed for us will happen. Which I contemplate this idea often where even though we sin against God, even though our punishment because of what we did, the destruction and evil we caused, because God loves us, he not only comforts us in our punishment, but he sends his son the Savior, to save us from our punishment. It is so remarkable and so unlike anything in this world that sometimes it seems too good to be true. But it is. Nothing but true. God literally cannot lie or deceive. So as crazy as it sounds, and as much as we don't understand that kind of love, God truly loves us that much and sent Jesus to make sure we could come back from our sin. Furthermore, those that come after us for no other reason than they hate us and really God, because they aren't him and can't become him, God will protect and take care of us from those individuals as well. And to take it just one step further, if I may, if those people, those hateful people, will repent and bow down and acknowledge God and Jesus as the Savior they need, God loves them and will bring them back to himself as well. Isaiah 53 speaks and tells of what Jesus had to do to redeem us. It's worth the read over and over again, especially if Satan starts whispering in your ear that God hates you or that he doesn't exist and therefore everything is up to you. It's not. Satan is the father of lies and he does nothing but lie to you. And because he's a hateful asshat, he really digs in on you where you are most vulnerable. He's a bastard. But even so, Jesus, to whom he cannot even begin to compete with, is like a gnat under the foot of Jesus. And now to the history books. 2 Kings 18 verses 9 all the way through chapter 19. So while Isaiah is receiving the word of God, we have Assyria coming in and taking King Hosea, Samaria, and all 
all of Israel into captivity back to Assyria. Then Sennacherib, king of Assyria, makes his way to Judah. Hezekiah is like, look, dude, I screwed up and I'll pay whatever you're asking. I have a seriously dude look on my face. Because what does Hezekiah give him? Oh yeah, 300 talents of silver, 30 talents of gold, and all the silver that was in the temple. The temple literally stripped off the gold which covered the doors and doorposts of the temple to give to Assyria. Let's get real though, did we really think that Assyria would be okay with just this? No. And we're about to learn what else happens in the next episode. So, this is where we end today. If you have any reactions, thoughts, questions, or words you need to throw my way, please do so at my website, bmepodcast.com. Have a most fabulous week, and I'll talk to you in the next episode.